Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. He looked at me. I have been his patient for more than 20 years, and he said, this is really strange. You're an African-American, age 57. I've never seen this before. This back pain that you're continually having with no signs of osteoporosis. No signs, exactly. And I didn't have any signs of osteoporosis in my family history. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Coach Steve Show podcast. Make sure you hit that like button and the subscribe button to make sure and hit that notification button so that way you know when a new episode drops on YouTube, uh, wherever you listen to your podcast, Apple, Spotify, Google, iHeartRadio, literally anywhere, please follow it, subscribe to it, leave it a review, be a friend, tell a friend. This podcast is also brought to you by the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. If you go to bellyupsports.com, Check out all that podcast and blogs and content there. Uh, Betting season is in full swing. If you head over to mybookie.ag, it's the place you want to make your same-game parlays, in-game bets, money lines, everything you could bet on is there. So if you go to mybookie.ag, use the code BELLYUPFANTASY, all one word. It's going to double your very first deposit. That is free money, and everybody loves free money. So again, bellyupfantasy.com is the code at mybookie.ag. It is going to double your very first deposit. 
The podcast is also brought to you by Coach Stone Football and is back to the basics, books, and drills. If you go to CoachStoneFootball.com and check out all of his books on football drills, practice planning, game planning, and much, much more, you will literally never have to look up another drill again. Here's his very first one if you're watching it on the on the video. It's over 500 pages of drills, so it's Coach Stone back to the basics drills. You will literally never have to look up another drill again, I promise you. So go to CoachStoneFootball.com and check out all of that. If you're a football coach like me and you have a younger kicker or a developing kicker who's trying to reach the end zone all the time, I have the tee that you need to use. The reason is that it gives the coach a strategic option on squib kicks, onside kicks that were never available for an athlete before. Uh, this tee is legal by the NCAA and NFHS for high school. It's the Launchpad Kickoff Tee. It is a game changer. There's flaps on the side of it where you can literally place the ball on its side. And when you order it, it comes with a paper telling you exactly how to lay the football to get the right trajectory for squibs, onsides, and everything else. So if you go to launchpadkickofftee.com slash CSS, and then you use the code CSS at checkout. You will get 10% off your order. It lets them know I sent you help sports podcast. So again, if you go to launchpadkickofftcom slash CSS, use the code CSS to get yours today. And with your linemen, are their helmets getting scuffed up during inside run period? If so, there is a way to protect those shells and reduce repetitive blows. You guys are taking each and every week. It is Guardian Caps. Guardian Caps reduces those blows by 20 to 33% really focusing on the big guys in the trenches because you cannot win without those guys in the trenches. Guardian Caps is worn by five NFL teams plus 200 and 200-plus colleges like Alabama, Georgia, Oklahoma, Washington, and Penn State. Check them out at guardiansports.com slash guardiancaps. When you go use that uh, website or the link in the description below, use the code 15OFF. It is good for 15% off a Guardian cap. So while you're getting a single order, a bulk order, if you use the code 15OFF, you're going to get 15% off your order. So football coaches, go do that for me to protect those big guys, man. They, they're taking a lot of blows each time. It helps greatly help support the podcast, and it's going to help uh, let them know that I sent you. And if you're looking for an energy drink to help with the midday pick-me-up, but you don't want the crash that happens about an hour, if you're looking for a pre-workout before you run, before the gym, but you don't want a pre-workout that gives you the jitters. Uh, also, if you're a gamer, um, this company wants to sponsor gamers, so they want to send those their, send some gamers their way, you need to go to Swift Lifestyles. SwiftLifestyles.com. It comes in a tub like a pre-workout, so it's not just a pre-workout. It's that little first morning energy, mid midday energy that you need, and there's going to be no crash. There's no overwhelming caffeine. It's just the right amount to get you through your day. So if you go to SwiftLifestyles.com and use the code COACHSTEVESHOW, all one word, you will get 15% off your order. There's shakers. There's the the pre-workout, there's the midday pick-me-up drinks, you have 30 servings in each tub, and you can also create your own there's a way you can go on there and get your own and everything else. So again, if you go to swiftlifestyles.com, use the code Coach Steve Show, all one word, you're going to get 15% off your order. Let them know I sent you, and it helps support the podcast. So let's dive in. After we got through all that, let's dive in. College football has been crazy all year. It's been crazy since COVID. And one thing on this podcast in particular that we, I have discussed many times or it's been brought up many times is 
coaches and coaching carousels. Go listen to my last one on coaching carousels, and I've been on record for this particular coach saying that they, they should give him another year. He should not be fired unless things really go off the rails. But I also think that he should have gotten another year, but it came out on Sunday morning. Coach Dan Mullen, the head coach at the University of Florida, has been let go, whether they just agreed to part ways, whether they agreed to just leave, uh, or he was fired. I'm going to go with fired because Florida this weekend did lose to Missouri in overtime, uh, 24-23. to Missouri came down and Florida scored in overtime. Missouri came and scored and then just went for the two-point conversion. The win and said, screw it, we're not going to play this game of going into overtime and came in and won. So hats off to Missouri because I I think people gave them a chance, but at the end of the day, it is Missouri versus Florida, and there is no way Missouri is going to – should beat Florida with the athletes that Florida has, with the play caller and Dan Mullen. But this has been brewing this year since the loss at Kentucky, and then they lose to LSU. This has been something brought up for a while that's been talked about. And I am on record on this show saying that Dan Mullen, way back when, when people talked about his job, I said his seat is not on fire. And then I was at a point where if you picture a car seat warmer where it just gradually starts to get a little warmer, you know, it starts at your – you know, your, your calves and your thighs and then your butt and your back and your upper blades. And I said, that's kind of Dan Mullen's job right now is slowly warming up. Then as the season has progressed, then it started to get a little worse and worse. And then I got to the point where maybe his seat is on fire. And it is unfortunate because I am on record um, saying that he should not be fired. The defense has not played well. So coming in, I'll get to offensive here in a minute because we all know that I um, my feelings on uh, the offense with Dan Mullen. So you come into the season, your defense just has not played up to par ever since the Kentucky game. You know, yeah, you beat Vanderbilt, but then you give up 49 points to LSU. Then Georgia. Well, it's Georgia. You give up 34 points. But then it's South Carolina. Well, you give up 40 points to them. And then Samford. I think this is kind of where the South Carolina game is where I started to say his seat is hot. And then the South Carolina game. Well, Coach, you know, Coach Beamer over there is doing a good job, but it should not be there yet. South Carolina should not be there yet. And you give up 40 points to South Carolina. And you only score 17. So that's where I started to say, okay, it's it's kind of hot now. And I'm on record saying this, if people go back and listen. Then they play Samford. You give up 52 points to Samford. Now, I mean, kudos to Samford because to come in to Florida, to Gainesville, at Ben Hill Griffith Stadium, and score 52 points and put Florida on the ropes. Now, Florida scores 70, but by God, it was against Sanford, who is not is a Division I AA. So then you should go to Missouri and beat Missouri. Now, I didn't expect it to be this huge blowout. But at, at Sanford's point, I said his seat is on fire, but he should not be fired unless things go off the rails with Missouri and Florida State. 
and they started to. But even then, I believe I'm record on saying, or I've told people or posted, he shouldn't be fired. He should be another year. I think they should revamp the whole defense, go with it that way. Dan Mullen needs to have a coming to Jesus moment and not play two quarterbacks. And I don't want to hear how it worked with Tim Tebow because I'm a Tim Tebow guy. I was a Florida guy. When you watch, there was just packages for him. When they got into the red zone, they put him in because he was a run threat, but also a thrower. They took Chris Leak out at times. Then when Tim Tebow became the starter, when Chris Leak graduated, there was no other rotating quarterback. You watch other teams around the country, they kind of sometimes have those packages because I think Wildcat has kind of ran its course. People know when they put a running back in there, like, okay, they're going to run up the middle with power zone. They're gonna, just, like, there's not much to do. But when you put in another quarterback in these packages, it and it's a guy that could kind of throw, but he can also run, that's where you put pressure on the defense saying, man, okay, he's not going to just – run behind power. He's not going to just do a fake jet. He's not just going to do a rollout and throw this hitch. Like He's going to do other things. But Florida decided, and Dan Mullen in this offense, saying, well, you know what? We're going to play both quarterbacks. We're going to play one quarterback for a series, the next one for two series, and the next one's going to come in for three series. Or we're going to play him for... Like, it was just... It was just so, you know, ass backwards with this. And I've... And anybody that listens, I know maybe not a lot of people do, but I am on record saying that that was stupid. As a football coach, I don't want to play two quarterbacks for the particular reason of there's just no flow. Now you've got to change the offense a little bit. Now, Dan Mullen is a great offensive mind. We've seen him when he's an offensive coordinator when he was at Florida. He was the OC there with Urban Meyer. Then he goes and becomes a head coach at Mississippi State and does good things to try to get that program you know, on track. So I'm not saying Dan Mullen's a bad coach, did a good job. Did a good job last year, you know, in the last couple of years at Florida. You know, especially when he had Trask there. And we'll get, you know, to the firing here in a, in a second, but going into this year. So, Dan Mullen, realistically, he kind of wants a running quarterback, and you've seen it from his times at Mississippi State when he had uh, Tim Tebow. He wants a running quarterback. So, coming in, now he's got these two guys that are playing for him this year. Well, one can kind of throw, but not really run. But the other guy can run, but he's kind of not going to throw. So let me play them both. And it's like you just got to play at that particular point. You've got to play the best player. You don't have time to say, well, I'm going to rotate both and put the pressure on the defense. Well, no, you're not because you're giving them a lot of film on that player. And then they know when this particular player comes in, well, we can just play base defense or have about three different things. We could check two or two things because he's not a good passer. He's probably going to look to run. We have film on him of what he can throw. And if he does complete a pass, that's okay. Or they're probably going to hand off to the running back. They're going to do that. So you're kind of making it more like a wildcat. If you play a guy that's better, but you like the other guy because he can run. Now you get down to the 15 to score. Well, hell, let's put him in there. And now we can do a couple things, just some packages. And each week you can get more creative because you don't have to spend as much time because it's a package. When you're rotating both and you have to come up with two offensive plans for both, that takes a lot of time for the coaching staff. That takes a lot of reps and practice. 
And that doesn't allow the offense to get into a rhythm. That doesn't allow first stringers to get the reps with the first string quarterback. Now you should have the second string quarterback take reps with the first string just in case. But there is a rhythm to this. There's a rhythm with, with those wide receivers. There is a rhythm for the offensive line and how the communication is going to go. And it puts pressure on the offensive line when you've got two different. Expecting someone else. When you've got two different game plans. Excuse me, looking up things for you guys on this. When you've got two different uh, game plans. If one guy's going to run a little more, great. If one's going to pass, like you're just putting so much pressure on people. So just coming in, I think Dan Mullen's kind of set himself up for failure to begin with. Which could have led to this firing. Now, should he have been fired is going to be the big talk. Some people are going to say yes because of how they've played. But one thing we have learned is people can be very impatient. So what I mean by that is, let's take Ed Odron, for example. Coach Ed Odron took over LSU program that was not very good. In turn, when Coach Les Miles was fired, tried to turn around. Then in 2019, goes undefeated with one of the best teams we've seen in a while, especially on offense, wins the national championship at 15-0. Cool. Then COVID year hits and, you know, Ed O'Dron, you know, they they lose a lot to the NFL draft or graduation. Then they had a lot of players not come back because of COVID. Louisiana was a big um, or high numbers of COVID at the time, if I'm not mistaken. And he had a lot of people not come back. Then he had people get hurt. Now they still won some games and competed, but they did not. Really, they didn't compete for the playoffs. They did not compete for the SEC. They did beat Florida, you know, the LSU game and everything else. Then there's a you hear some rumors about off-the-field things, but we're talking about football. They have a decent recruiting class come in. They have a, as reported, as of right now, there's a good recru- recruiting class come in to LSU. Then you come into this year. Still not playing well, but you have a ton. He has to have 8 to 10, at least six to eight or so defensive starters hurt. Then has offensive players get hurt. No consistent offensive line. Struggles a little bit. He and LSU, they or LSU, I guess, pushed him to do this. They agreed to part ways. So how quickly people forget what that happened in 2019 to get LSU back to the top. And again, I go back to, well, LSU, you think you're this program like Alabama or Michigan way back in the day winning championships. Well, you your last championship, I believe, was 2006 or seven. So you went from 2007 to 2019 before winning a championship. But here's the problem with, with fans and, and everything else. When you win a championship, now I know here, here's what's going to happen. It's the standard. It can't be a goal. And that's where, Al, where Nick Saban has figured this out, where Dabo Sweeney has – sort of figured it out. Uh, Urban Meyer in college, not in the NFL. And, you know, and I'm not talking about the shady stuff from Urban Meyer. I'm talking about he kind of figured it out where it's not a goal to win the championship. It's a standard. But you got to get to that point. Now, and also Ed Odron had to hire a completely new staff. And I've only seen one coach that can hire a completely new staff and win, and that is Nick Saban. 
So it's so it's just how quickly we forget where LSU was before the championship and who led there, and how quickly when after you win you don't win, how quickly they're going to dismiss you is one thing we've learned from this type of situation. So with Dan Mullen, Dan Mullen comes in and takes over Florida, which Florida has struggled. He has to come in and take over this Florida team. Now he's coached there before. Now we're going to look up the University of Florida um, records here before he got there because it was not pretty after Urban Meyer left. Now Urban Meyer did leave Florida in shambles. So you have to come in and take over. So Urban Meyer left after 2010. Will Muschamp comes in and does his best year, I think, was uh, his best year was 11 and 2, two years after Urban Meyer. But then you have seasons of 4 and 8 and 7 and 5. Then Jim McLean, I can never say his name, comes in 10 and 4, 9 and 4, and then 4 and 7. But things just weren't going right. You know, there was things behind the scenes. There's just things weren't going right. Dan Mullen comes in and tries to rebuild Florida team in 2018 after doing a good job at Mississippi State. Okay. So here's kind of where how the mighty have fallen. I have to realize what it takes to build a team, a championship team. Only Urban Meyer has done it quicker from my memory at a college. Now, I know Mike Leach wins a lot, but I'm talking about like the standard of championships. So Dan Mullen comes in in 2018 and goes 10 and 3. Then in 2019, they go 11 and 2. Okay, you, you've got to kind of built up. Well, then in, and then in 2020, you go 8 and 4. So you kind of take a step back. Now, this is your third year, and you're in the tough SEC, but you lost some tough games. You had some guys get hurt. But how quickly we forget. Florida played Alabama. In the national cha- or the SEC championship game, they pushed Alabama to the brink and lost fifty-two to forty-six, but had them on the ropes. So you lose fifty-two to forty-six to Alabama, who that offense is probably better than LSU's offense from two thousand nineteen. So you're right there. Now eight and four to some people are going to be. Uh, a failure. And you can't really give a pass for COVID and all this stuff. Okay. So you're on the brink there. Then you come into this year and you do pretty well. Then you play Florida or Alabama. And you lose 29 to 31. Then you come in and play Tennessee, who I think has gotten a lot better, and you beat them 38 to 14. Then it just starts going off the rails. So how quickly do we forget what Dan Mullen was doing to to be to compete with Alabama. But you've lost to some teams you shouldn't have lost to. Now, this is year four. This is year four. So how quickly we can kind of forget what happens, where coaches are and where they were. And sometimes it's maybe not good to win. And what I mean by that is Dan Mullen comes in and goes 10-3. Maybe he should have came in and went eight and four first and then built that up. 
But again, I think Dan Mullen kind of hurt himself because when you come in and you play a quarterback, you're able to do certain things on offense. This is what happens. Then you come in and play two different quarterbacks. This is the type of season that's going to happen. And then the defense doesn't play well. You know that, you know, so I think defense has a lot to do with it. And the fact that the SEC has now grown into this, you know, NFL minor league, you know, conference where you have these coaches that are just crazy. Dan Mullen, Nick Saban, Lane Kiffin, Mike Leach, Ed Ogeron. Like, we're not, like, I could go on and on. You have all these great coaches that you have to compete with year in and year out, or week in and week out. Where I kind of started to think it started to fall apart was after the LSU game. And then when the reporter asked Dan Mullen about recruiting, he said, this is not recruiting season. This is in season. When the season's over, talking about recruiting. Now, at the time, I said, you know, he just didn't want to answer the question. He could have said something different. But then looking back at it, is he not recruiting that hard during the season? Because I've read a ton of stuff on Nick Saban. I've read a lot of books on him. And one of the things about them, and I everybody knows this, he recruits. Now, I cannot remember if it was the LSU championship or the first one at Alabama, the the report in the book, uh, Making of a Coach, I believe. It was either that book or How Good You Want to Be. They won the championship. He talks to the media, tells his coaching staff, hey, meet me in the office in 10 minutes. You know, they're going in, they're celebrating, they're smiling. Nick Saban walks in with a bunch of folders, bags, and starts handing the folders out to guys. Says, okay, tomorrow you got, you're going to go here and see that, you know, this kid, this kid, this kid, this kid. Hey, you're going to go here and talk to this family, this family, and this family. He's just going around, and they said, coach, 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 like, what are you doing? Like, we just won the championship. And he said, yeah, and because we won the championship – we're about two or three weeks behind on recruiting to other teams because we had to practice and prepare and then play this game. We are way behind the recruiting game. Get going. He couldn't smile, and he enjoyed the win. Don't get me wrong. He's competitive. You're going to enjoy it. But that's the standard. So he's like, this is the standard. This is this is normal. Now you see him smile a little more as the years have gone on. But that's the difference between him and the rest of the coaches. So what led up, so when you hear those comments to Dan Mullen, now if they were winning, probably wouldn't have mattered. So I think those were the type of downfalls. The firing, they said there was many reasons, but one was sustained success. Now to me, the 10-2, and 11-3, now 8-4 and four is not great, but to me that seems like a good, decent year. And given the circumstances, you know, COVID year and everything else, it was this year and who they're losing to. Now, to me, you could have done one of two things. You could have went up to Dan Mullen and said, listen, there's got to be some changes. You just lost to Missouri. Where's What's the direction of the program? We understand there's going to be bumps in the road. All the grades have had bumps in the road at some point, especially with, you know, the landscape of the FCC and what's going on in college football, the transfer portals. So what are you going to do to fix it? And if I'm Dan Mullen, I'm going to get rid of the defensive coaches. I'm going to, you know, fix this and everything else. And if I'm the AD and, the, and everybody else, I'm going to say, okay, I'm going to give you a year. Because, because again, this has been talked about before. If you get rid of Dan Mullen, who are you going to replace him with? 
That's the big talk. There's a lot of coaching jobs open right now. USC is open. LSU is going to be open. Rumors that the U might be open. You know, we've already talked about this. And then when a coach leaves to take this job, if he's already a head coach, well, that opens up that job. Well, then you got to get someone there. Well, then that opens up wherever that person left. So a lot of dominoes. Now, is Florida an elite program still? Is it still one of those jobs that you want to take? I think so. I think it's up there with LSU. Florida's, you know, they're trying to get the facilities better from the reports I've read. Now the big question is, should he have been fired? There's two big questions. Who Should he have been fired? And then who's going to take this job? It's already done. There's nothing anybody can do about it. Who's going to take it? Well, I guess three things. The first one is I've heard Dan Mullen, reports of Dan Mullen going to the NFL. Now, to me, I don't know if that works because he's coached in college. But as far as my knowledge goes, he has not worked in the NFL. I don't know if I'm the biggest fan of if you're a good offensive coordinator in college that it's going to translate to be a good offensive coordinator in the NFL. Now, I don't know the stepping stones of getting to the NFL. Maybe that's what it takes. Does an offensive coordinator at college have to go be a position coach in the NFL and then they become the offensive coordinator? So these reports and people saying how Dan Mullen be a good offensive coordinator in the NFL, I'm not so sold on that. I think he'd be a fantastic, you know, college offensive coordinator. Maybe he gets a fresh start somewhere else. No idea. But the the offensive coordinator thing in the NFL, I've not sold on just because what experience do you have in the NFL? What connections do you have in the NFL? Does your type of offense translate to the NFL? Who knows? Now, that's just me over maybe overthinking it, maybe not doing as much research. So I'm going to stick to what I know. Should he have been fired? I'm going to go with no, only because I don't know who you're going to get just because of everything going on, of other jobs have been open longer, have there already been talks with some, is it a place people want to go because of the season that's going on right now? I think he should have gotten next year just to see how they start. Maybe then you get rid of a mid-year, see what kind of defensive staff he brings in. Does he change up the offense? What recruiting class is coming in? You know, let's see what he's got. So part the part of me, especially the coach in me, says no. And then if how impatient we are. Now on the flip side, I can see why. The team is not playing inspired. Something must not be going right in the locker room. The recruiting thing is a concern. The, the fall from grace, like I said, sometimes it's not great to win right away. It's, it feels good. You know, it's good for the program. It's good for the players. But sometimes as a coach, if you come in and win right away and then you don't, becomes a lot of pressure. And maybe he tried to do too much at Florida because he's offensive coordinator there. He won the two national titles as an offensive coordinator. Maybe he tried to do too much too soon. Who knows? But you kind of feel for him as a coach to be let go, especially when I kept saying to not get rid of him. But I also understand why you get rid of him. Now the question does become, who is going to take over for Dan Mullen? What I mean, so many jobs are open. So many jobs are open. 
like I said, you, and then you have Virginia Tech open. That's one that I keep forgetting to put out there. You know, there, and so according to the CBSSports.com, you got a lot of different names. Now, some names we already know. Some names might be surprising. So we're talking about who might be the best one to take over. One name that's always thrown around, and I don't know why he gets thrown around, is Bob Stoops. Right now, he's a Fox Sports analyst, former head coach at Oklahoma, won a national title in 2000 or 2001, I believe 2000. But he's been out of the game since 2017. I don't see that happening, so I just don't know why that name is brought up. One big name, I think, is Lane Kiffin. Now, the reason why I bring up Lane Kiffin is because he coached at Florida Atlantic, so he understands the state of Florida and recruiting. The U, I talked about in a podcast, my, one of my last episodes, is that the U might become open. So if the U become open, he was going to take it because he likes Florida, he understands Florida, bring that swagger. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Now, the thing with Lane Kiffin, again, is if you're looking for someone with sustained success, is he the guy? He had sustained sustained success at Alabama as an offense coordinator, but that's more of an exhibit. Then he had, you know, success there at FAU for a couple years. Now he's having success at Ole Miss, but second year. His name's been thrown for LSU. Now Miami, if it becomes open. And now it's going to be thrown around with Florida. Now here's the thing. Do you leave an SEC school like an old Miss and then go to Florida if you're Lane Kiffin? Now you love Florida. You like the water. You can recruit there. You're going to have these facilities and maybe a little more money than old Miss. But man, it would be very, <laughs> be very entertaining to see him leave and SEC school to go to another. I wouldn't put it past him because he's going to be like, listen, this is a stepping stone in the career, everything else. So Lane Kiffin's name is going to get thrown around. One coach's name that gets thrown around, but I don't think it's thrown around enough, is Coach Napier at uh, Louisiana. People always talk about him. He's... he's uh, 31 and 5, I believe, at Louisiana with his coaching. And he's, you know, he's worked under Nick Saban. He's worked under Dabo Sweeney. He always gets brought up for these for some of these jobs. Never takes them. He wants to build something there, you know, at Louisiana. But he's a great coach, great recruiter, understands the process. This would not be a bad hire to bring him into a Florida that understands the SEC, that understands some of these coaches and how they tick how to recruit. This would be a good hire, I think. Even for an LSU, I think this would be a great hire. But LSU, I think the only problem with LSU or Florida is they kind of maybe want to get this big name. I think Coach Napier would be a big name to get. And I think he'd do well. So I think this is a guy that could do it. 
Another one that's got brought up is, uh, you know, I, I said this, Coach Aranda. Now, Coach Aranda, his name has been swirling around for LSU, and then it's now kind of really swirled for USC. And that's where something will go is uh, USC. If you're Florida and you're looking at, man, we've brought in some offensive guys, and we look at Baylor right now who can play defense, but they also can play some offense as well. Why not bring a coach Aranda? Because he's going to build a culture, and he's proven it already. So this, to me, I think the Billy Napier would be a great hire. Lane Kiffin will come in, and you'll immediately win games and score points. But sometimes you're going to give up a lot of points too. But like a Coach Napier and Coach Aranda, man, you bring one of those guys in, the recruiting, especially Coach Aranda right now, like, hey, he's a defensive guy, so we know we're going to get the defense. But they're also at Baylor, they're, they're scoring points. So he knows how to get the staff. Another big name that I probably don't talk about enough is Coach Luke Fickle at Cincinnati. Because Cincinnati's on the verge of being in the top four here because of Oregon in the college football playoff. His name's been around a little bit around for LSU. Um, you know, according to this report, word on the street is that LSU Athletic Director Scott Woodward is offering upwards of $100 million over eight years for the right candidate. Now, I've heard that that offer was made to Lincoln Riley. We'll see. But Coach Fickle's name has been thrown around for USC because I believe his old athletic director went there. So I think Fickle is going to be thrown around for that too. But again, I think Ford is going to want to look at who's done things. Um, you know, a big splash. But again, I think Coach Fickle could do a good job. Um, then you've got a bunch of other names. But a name that I want to bring up as well is Lincoln Riley. If Lincoln Riley's name is thrown around for LSU, what makes us think it's not going to be thrown around for Florida? Like, Florida should be able to offer that money too, right? So I think Lincoln Riley's name is going to get thrown around for this Florida job. And again, it's interesting. Oklahoma's going to go to the SEC soon. I guarantee within two years they'll be in the SEC. Is his name going to be thrown around for Florida too? That'd be crazy. Uh, but again... But the, but I see Lincoln Riley checks a lot of boxes where the moment he walks in to that facility, offense is going to be immediately better. He's had success, sustained success. Now the defensive guys, defenses that he's had, give up points. little knock there. So that's why they might go back and look at, do we hire a coach, Dave Aranda, who's proven that wherever he is right now, or at Baylor, defense is going to play, they can score off, so some points on offense. Coach Napier is going to come in and bring culture. They're going to need a dad figure. You know, they talk about that at LSU. They're going to need that at Florida now. So right now, college football is just crazy. So Florida, you've got a bunch of names, but there's a lot of pickings. Sometimes when these big jobs open up, there's only maybe maybe two big-time jobs open up and then figure it out. But right now, you're going to have Florida open up. USC's kind of left in the wind, but USC's open up. That's a big job. LSU's open. That's going to be a big job. And somebody that they're going to hire is going to leave a big-time job to go to that. Well, now you get another big-time job to fill. So you just went from one to the other. Now, so let's say let's say Lincoln Riley goes to LSU. Well, now you still got Florida, USC, and now Oklahoma to fill. Well, then Tennessee, let's say Coach Heupel goes to Oklahoma because he's going home 
well, now you got Tennessee, Florida, and USC. Like these big time, it's just going to be this. It's going to be crazy in this coaching carousel. Um, but you know, we good luck to Dan Mullen and where he goes next. Might be the NFL. A lot of people think the NFL. Maybe he's kind of tired of dealing with college. Who knows? I'm curious to see how that kind of transition would would work. He might make more money in college, but maybe. Yeah, okay, it's about the money. A lot, a lot of coaches about the money. To end real quick, it was crazy in college football. I said before that Cincinnati does not belong in the top four in the college football playoff. And they need a lot of dominoes to fall for them to get there. It's happened. These dominoes are falling. Oregon gets smoked by Utah. I think now the door is open. I think Ohio State's going to jump to number two because of the way Alabama played. So I predict this college football playoff is going to be number one, Georgia. And it kills me to say it. It might be number two, Ohio State now. Number three, Alabama. And number four, Cincinnati. Do I think Cincinnati belongs there? No. But here's the other thing. The door is also open for Notre Dame to make the playoff. Because if Alabama loses to Georgia in the SEC championship game and Notre Dame wins out, Cincinnati wins out. And Ohio State beats Michigan because if, if Michigan beats Ohio State, Michigan's going to jump up. Needs a couple things to happen. They'll jump up into the playoff. Going to happen. Because if Alabama loses to Georgia. Now, I think a two-loss Alabama could get in. Should get in because you lose Texas A&M and, and their schedule. But it probably won't happen. So it would be Georgia, Ohio State. Cincinnati in there, and then probably Notre Dame because Notre Dame keeps moving up, and they rank them higher and higher. They're not going to put them over Cincinnati because Cincinnati beat them. So right now, Cincinnati, I think, has made their way into the top four. I don't think they should be. I think I think Michigan is better than Cincinnati. I think Michigan should be above them. But I think they're going to put them in there. I think it's probably time they're going to do it. But I also want people to know if this continues and this road we're going down, you are going to see Notre Dame in the college football playoff with a one loss again. And we know how this is going to end. They should not be there. But I wanted to end with saying before the college football playoff rankings come out this week, it's either going to be Ohio State or Alabama at number two. The reason why Alabama would be number two is because of the schedule over Ohio State. But Ohio State just, and we'll talk about it in a different episode, just whipped Michigan State. So they're probably going to put them at number two, Alabama at number three, and you're probably going to see Cincinnati at four. The only other team I could see getting to that four spot, and people won't like it, and I'll like it and hate it at the same time, is Michigan. I could see them bumping up Michigan to be there. Now Michigan State beat them, but now Michigan State has two losses. So I'm saying if Michigan beats Ohio State – this weekend, they will probably find their way into the college football rankings. It depends on how the Big Ten championship goes. And then that would probably knock out Ohio State. So it's getting crazy. It's just opened up the door that we need to get to a 12-team playoff. But I think Cincinnati's probably going to find their way into the four spot. If they put Michigan there, whew, be ready for podcasts and people talking about it. But Well, that wraps up another episode of the Coach Steve Show podcast. Please uh, 
like and subscribe and do all that. Check out all the affiliates in the description below. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, Check out the weekly episodes. Uh, And until next time, guys, just like Dan Mullen, we're out of here. Redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino style games to choose from, you too could win life changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to chumbacasino.com and give them a world. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.